Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 511, recorded live on Sunday, May 7th, 2017. And here are your hosts, the man who did nothing for free comic book day, Dave Pillay. Hello. And the man who also did nothing for free comic book day, Andy Lowe. Hi. What? You didn't, uh, like, run down to a store? Well, no, because uh, yesterday was the birthday party for the niece and the nephew, Nate uh, Arbor. So, you didn't want to fight Vault of Midnight. Yeah, no, we were like, well, we could do something here, but, you know, we, you know, we would try and do something. I'm like, last thing I want to do is, you know, be in line for something they didn't have to leave because we actually have to get to the party. I see. And we didn't leave the party until, like, 9 o'clock at night. So, yeah. Did not have a chance to swing by, but yeah, no, I didn't want. <laughs> I feel like trying to stop by Vault of Midnight yesterday would have been a bad idea. Maybe I don't know. I slept in yesterday a lot. Like Laura woke me up around eleven thirty and said, "Do you want to take a shower?" And I said, "Like sure, give me like another half hour." And then the next thing I knew, it was one o'clock. Uh huh. So I slept in. And then we went and hung out. Uh, we, we went for a walk with the dog, and then we went and hung out with some friends. Did you uh, do anything with that new Pokemon Go event going on right now, or no? There's something about, like, grass-type Pokemon. Something like that, yes. Uh, we found out about it at the end of the walk, because Laura had... We walked at, uh, at Epic, and Laura turned on the, the game, because there's a bunch of stops there. So you didn't specifically go walking for that? No, no. Okay. We went for a walk because we have a dog. Yes. And the dog does need to go for a walk. As lazy as he is, he is a husky. Yes. He's kind of like, I don't know, there's there's discussion amongst dog experts, canine experts, that like there's more discrepancy within a breed than across breeds. That like it doesn't make sense to say like oh he's a husky so he's a work dog so you know he needs to get out there and, and run around and walk because like there are huskies that need that and there are huskies that don't. Hmm. So anyway, he needs to go for at least a walk. He needs to poop every day. <laughs> yep. So we went for a walk. Gotcha. And we went for a walk at Epic because it's a little more maintained and nicer and it's fun looking around at the buildings and there's some cool stuff to see and pretty sure there are fewer ticks there than there are in other places because holy crap, it's tick season. This was never a problem for me back in Michigan. Like I never remembered even ever having to worry about ticks. I knew that ticks were a thing. I knew they were a bug. They bit you and they like attach to you and suck your blood. We have found three ticks in the house in the last week. I I knew there were people who I went Boy Scout camping with that had ticks problems. But but like where we grew up, it just wasn't a thing. No, you didn't have to worry about it. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, but like, yeah, Laz came home from from the walk and we checked him and there were there was a tick on him. And then we found a tick on Laura later and just ah. Goddamn ticks. Thankfully, none of them had bitten. Well, that's good. No bites, just ticks. Yep. Gross. Uh, And then I spent the rest of my night um, actually working on an electrical engineering problem. Hold on. Doing my Karnak the Magnificent. Factorio? Factorio. Factorio, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they, they updated. And so there's more stuff and more things to do. And I had to figure out how to... So they added, like, this advanced controller stuff, right? This has been in there, the, the programming stuff, the, the comparisons and math. You can, you can take signals and, and compare them, and you can add to them. and Basically, you can do programming and, and electric logic. 
And so, like, I've been researching things like flip-flops, SR latches, D latches. Do these sound familiar to you? Yes, yes, they do. I just, I'm just trying to figure out, okay, you know, you're doing this in Factorio. You could be doing this in the real world. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But why? Like, why would I do it in the real world? I don't know. You could be actually what? building something. To do what? I don't know. That's that's the full the blessing and curse of electrical engineering. Is you could you could do whatever you wanted to do. You just but, need to want to do something. Yeah. Right. And so I did my electrical engineering in the real world project. That was that was I, I made an LED strip that turns on when the door opens so that my pantry has lights. But that doesn't require like any advanced logic. No, that just requires a, a temporary <laughs> that's, switch. That's a magnetic switch. I was gonna say a this, pressure switch because then you you know. Once you Why press the switch, switch down, it just, you know, would break the circuit. As soon as you open the door, presser switch comes up, completes the circuit, and then boom, yeah, you got that light. Would, that would work, but then you have an extra resistance against the door. I went with a magnetic switch. When the door is closed, the magnets are closed, it, it breaks the circuit. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, no, when that also works. pull the door away, yeah. it opens the circuit. Um, but in, in Factorio, you have, they added nuclear reactors. And when you put fuel into a nuclear reactor, unlike the other power sources in Factorio, it will always consume the fuel. It does not consume it based on how much of it is getting used. Mm. It consumes the fuel at a constant rate. And so you, you want to use the fuel to fill your storage, but then not use any more fuel. And so this becomes a, a rather interesting electrical engineering problem where if a value is like really high, then reset everything. And then if it drops below a certain level, start a process. So that's just like a set reset latch. But then the process should stop itself up to a certain point and then wait for it to go high again so that it can all reset. I'm still just trying to wrap my mind around that. This is just a game. Yeah. Well, you've played Space Chem. Yeah. You actually, I believe, liked Space Chem. Up to a point. Up to a point. So this is the similar concept. Yeah. And in fact, for, for this project, for the very first time, I launched the like creative mode of Factorio where you have infinite of everything just so that I could map this out and like try different designs. And good Lord, it took me like a day and a half to get this to work. Oh, boy. Granted, I'm sitting here, you know, with Raspberry Pis going like, OK, you know, what should I do with this? Mm. Yep. Same idea. Yep. Like, oh, what can I do with this? Well, I launch a rocket. What are you doing with your Raspberry Pi? Uh, staring at it in the box. <laughs> yep. I could have it say, like, I, hello world or something. I don't know. I did see the um, a, a gentleman make a breadboard computer. Oh, yeah, I did with the YouTube videos, right? Yeah. Yeah. I started watching those, and wow, that's like... There's some really good information in there, mm -hmm. just in general about electronics, and he walks you through everything. Yeah, no, the... <laughs> I do have to say that if you want to learn how to do something, the internet's got your back. Like at it's, this point, it it it's not. You know, <laughs> I'm sitting there going like, okay, you know, I I got a somebody had some weird thing with their user profile, and I'm trying to you know trying to talk them through. Oh, you're gonna have to actually go into RegEdit and do this, that, and the other thing. And he's just looking at me confused, and I'm like, hold on a second, and I actually like Google the problem. And yeah. lo and behold, there's like four different YouTube videos that, that like walk people through how to fix this. And I'm like, you got yeah. your cell phone, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm going to email you this link, open it up on your cell phone. And when Watch you're sitting video. next to your computer, like, you know, walk through this and, you know, pause the video, do what it says and play the video again. And I'm sitting there going like, this is, you know. Doing your job for you. Yes, but he had to figure out what the problem was first. 
Right. That's right. that's where, you know, I actually had to look up like the error code number. And once I figured that out, then it's suddenly like, oh, OK, you know, nope, somebody's already figured out how to do this. Problem has been solved. Yes. Or if you're a mathematician, a solution exists. Yes. It's one of those things where I always tell people, like, you know, the, the dirty secret for IT is Google. Yeah. I've got this and problem. Stack All right, hold on. Let me let me ponder it for a second. Do, do, doing Google, Google, Google this, Google that. Oh, oh found um, your answer. Wow, you're amazing. Nope. <laughs> Hate to break it to you. Yeah, nope. I'm not amazing. I just understand things that you don't. Yeah, I just I just know my Google foo. Yeah. So should we uh, talk about topics? Do we have to? Like well, last is... week was just so depressing. Well, uh, we could talk about some good news, I think. Do we have good news? Well, the 2017 Video Game Hall of Fame uh, people were announced. Yay! Okay. That's that, good news. That sounds pretty good news. Yeah. I like that news. What's the uh, what's the list? Uh, so there were 12 finalists this year, and the actual inductees were Donkey Kong. Okay. The 1981 Donkey Kong arcade Donkey Kong. Yeah, not Donkey Kong Country. The like no. this is what put Nintendo on the map. Donkey Kong. Yes. Without Donkey Kong, there. Yeah, I love this. It's like without Donkey Kong, there would be no Super Mario Brothers. Well, yeah. No duh. Uh, Halo. Which, yeah, no, I could see that as being, like, one of... that. I feel like Halo was, like, the Xbox's killer app. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not just the Xbox, but, like, Microsoft in general, right? Yeah. And not only that it was Microsoft in general, it also killed Apple's gaming. Yes. Yes, it did. Uh, Pokemon Red and Green. Okay, the originals. I I I thought the originals were red and blue. In the U.S., they were. Oh. In Japan, in the original release, it was red and green. Gotcha. Uh, and the last inductee was Street Fighter II. Ooh. Okay. Which I think that's the that's like the arcade one, isn't it? I mean, there was an arcade of it. Is yeah, that the released, one that they're... released by Capcom in 1991, Street Fighter II, The World Warrior, helped spark an arcade renaissance in the 1990s. Was there any, like, one-on-one fighting games before that? Yeah, tons of them. I, I can't think of any, though. <laughs> Before Street Fighter 2? Yeah. Uh, well, there was Samurai Street Showdown. Fighter. Samurai Showdown. Um, when was Tekken, the original Tekken, released? It was 94. That was after Street Fighter. <laughs> I'm looking up the Wikipedia article for fighting games. Yeah. It says the release of Street Fighter 2 in 1991 is often considered a revolutionary moment in the fighting game genre. Yes. But there was already an existing genre. Yes. Yeah, I know. They're talking about late 70s to early 90s as well. I don't... When was the first Tekken? First Tekken was 96. Ah. It wasn't for a while. Nope. <clears throat> Fighting game. Karate Champ and Ye Are Kung Fu. Hmm. Oh, there were a ton of them. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, no, I look at this list and go, yeah, no, this list makes sense. <laughs> it's... I can't argue against anything on this list. Uh, well, when you compare it to the lists that didn't make it, right? So the other finalists included Final Fantasy VII, uh, Windows Solitaire, Mortal Kombat, Myst, Portal, Resident Evil, Tomb Raider, and Wii Sports. I can I could see like all of those being in the Hall of Fame. Well, if you'd like, you can already 
uh, nominate a game for the 2018 induction. Neat. Yep. So if you actually go to the, uh, the the page that we've linked, and that has a link to the World Video Game Hall of Fame website. Which is literally worldvideogamehalloffame.org. That also can work, yes. Slash nominate. Yep. Is, what did they put in for the first year? Because this uh, was a 2017. Yeah, the first year was 2015. Oh, wow. We've done quite a few then. Yep. Uh, so do you want to go over the whole list of inductees? It's on their homepage. No, I'm just looking to see if E.T. is in the list. It is not. Why would E.T. be in the list? Why wouldn't it? It is nothing not said a that they have to be. Nothing said they have to be good games. Go look at the criteria. Icon status. Is it widely recognized and remembered? Yes. Longevity. Is it more than a passing fad? No. Okay, that that one right there might be something that they'd compete against. Uh, geographical reach, did it span international boundaries? That's a tough one. Cause it's, influence. Yeah, it's it influence sp- caused great... Significant influence on the design and development of other games. That it did do. That it did do. A game may be inducted on the basis of this criterion without necessarily having met all the first three. I don't know. I feel like maybe E.T. should go in there as they like this was a highly influential game, not in the influence like people learned from this game and copied it and mimicked it. But just because of the impact it had on the history. Can you talk about the history of home console video games without bringing up E.T.? No, because that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That the camel being, you know, Atari, the home console, yeah, yeah, which paved the way for Nintendo to do its thing. Yep. So, in any case, yes, I, I would still, I can't, with you know, having a soul, nominate ET for the video game hall. <laughs> but if it were nominated, I would still not vote for it because that is just that's just wrong. But if it were to win, regardless, if it would win, I would be upset. That's, oh, that's, I'm trying to think of like a reference that, you know, bad and I'm trying not to make a Hitler reference, but it's, uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, speaking of gaming, mm-hmm. Amazon Underground, which we talked about two years ago as, you know, Amazon's new way of doing apps, um, saying that, you know, this is going to be a long-term thing. Well, long-term is two years. Nope, it's gone. Uh, it's shutting down summer of 2017. Uh, what they was will, the purpose of Underground? The underground was, instead of, you know, uh, either A, paying for the apps or um, paying for in-app purchases, um, the developer would get paid by people using the app. So, you know, okay, so the app is free. All in-app purchases are also free. Mm-hmm. But um, the developer gets paid, I th- uh, yeah, uh, pay you a penny for every five minutes someone uses your app. Didn't last long, did it? Lasted two years. All right. So, yeah, no, a- Amazon tried something, and I, I always an- was annoyed with it because I always had, like, you know, the Amazon app and the Amazon Underground app on my phone as well. So it's like, okay, you know, it's completely separate. I have to, you know, download and uh, um, have to download it not through the Play Store, which means it also does not get updated as often as, you know, its Play Store counterpart. And, you know, it's not all apps, so it's only the certain apps that you like on there. The top free options remain pretty much the same as when the service launched in August 2015. 
with Fruit Ninja, Where's My Water, Jetpack Joyride, Goat Simulator, and Sonic CD continuing to top its download charts. What? That's that's not... That's not new. No, not not at all. No. Um, If you were interested, though, the... um, Square Enix Go games, the Hitman Go that I talked about, Tomb Raider Go, and Deuce X Go. Mm-hmm. They use uh, those X. are those are on um, Amazon Underground. So I'd say if you you know if you want to try out those, you should probably get them now because the store is going away. But if you can get the game for free, yeah, as long as it continues to work after the store disappears. That well, the, I think the store is just a storefront, so the apps should still be the app. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, should a developer already have an app or game inside Amazon's underground, they will continue to be able to patch and update those products even after the summer's shuttering, though at that point only existing owners will be able to access them. So it's kind of closing. Yeah. Amazon says it won't turn off the lights for underground app and game owners even when the online authentication system shuts down. So, Of course, there's zero incentive for the developers to actually update. Yes, but like I said, you know, if you want to get Hitman Go, Tomb Raider Go, what did you, what was it? Dusa? Deus. Deus. Ah, Deus Machina. Okay, Deus. X. Yeah, it's it's called Deus X, as in Deus Ex Machina. Gotcha. Come on, Andy. Come on. So the games will still be there and still work. So I have plenty of other games that can occupy my time. Factorio. Yeah, really. I just have one game that occupies my time right now. All my time. So what I'm hearing is you can never complain about my Marvel Puzzle Quest. When have I ever complained about Marvel Puzzle Quest? I don't know if you have or not. I I have not, Andy. Why would I complain about Marvel Puzzle Quest? I don't know. Uh, Other gaming news, Rock Paper Shotgun, which I think was started by the guys who left GameSpot, right? Or no? Uh, That was Giant Bomb. That's Giant Bomb, right. Uh, But Rock Paper Shotgun is getting acquired. Okay. Rock Paper Shotgun is a, a gaming news website. Yes. We've had a couple of their links on our website before. Yeah. Um, it's uh, getting roped into the Gamer Network. The Gamer Network. Yes, it's the, the what is the actual, hold on, it's in the link. It's the Games Industry Biz. Yeah, the Game Industry Biz parent company, Gamer Network. They also own uh, Eurogamer and some other things as well. Uh, Gamesindustry.bid, US Gamer, VG247, ModDB, and now Rock Paper Shotgun. Okay. Consolidation. Yay? Yeah. Yay. No one's put an offer out for us yet. Nope. Probably wouldn't take it even if they did. <laughs> Ooh. Well, you we'd we'd have two choices, Andy. Yes. Because they'd probably want us to actually commit to, like more than, than four or five hours a week to this. So either we like sell the show to them and they do whatever they want, or we actually have to like commit to that and and probably like quit our day jobs. Well, I wouldn't do that. Right. Would you do either? I don't know. Would you sell RA podcast? I don't know. Ten years of your life? Literally countless hours because I haven't counted them. Countable hours. Well, estimated countable hours. Yeah, not counted hours. No. But countless implies not countable. Well, I I don't know what my original hours were for yep. editing this down. I can tell you what my current like hour is for editing this all down. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes. Uh, no, it's a bit more than that, but... Yep. Oh, we had one more video game news on here. Where is it? Where? Oh, there's two of them, actually. E3... Which, um, did we talk about how E3 actually was selling public tickets? I think we mentioned it. Because I don't remember that. I'm pretty sure we talked about it. 
Oh, by the way, speaking of games and gaming conventions. Yes. I'm probably going to go to PAX Aus this year. Wait, did I hear that correctly? PAX Australia? Yeah, you, you did indeed hear that correctly. <coughs> okay. Well, I have a sabbatical. You do have a sabbatical. And as part of the sabbatical, if you go to a place that you haven't gone to before... Which Australia the, is available, yeah. The the airfare and hotel are are supplemented. You get a stipend. That would cover a majority of the cost, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that so, would. Wow. So I'm, I'm planning on taking two weeks off in October and going to Australia. Well... Look up Cuzza and Noodles and everybody while you're down there. Liger. Yep, yep. Yeah, there is a... Cunningham's down there, too. There is a large contingent of people I know in Australia. Get a bunch of the whole crew together. Be like, hi, everyone. I sort of know you and haven't seen any of you in five years. I don't remember any of you. Yep. Huh. Well, I'll put that on the list of things to remember. <laughs> uh, it, it still has to get approved. The sabbatical well, has to get approved. And then I have to find, you know, hotels and plane tickets and actually, like, get this trip taken care of by a three-day pass by two three-day passes three-day passes are currently still available yes i know especially for international wait there's different prices for international look there's a i don't know if it's a different price but there are international three-day passes and there's three-day passes huh yeah have you got badge insurance what what is badge insurance i'm looking that up you can insure your pax badge purchase against unexpected situations with pax bag insurance badge insurance if you have a pax bags insurance Oh, you can get a refund if you're not able to attend. But you have to pay more up front. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, you actually, uh, yeah, you have to. All international badges need to be collected at the badge collection desk in the foyer concourse on arrival. Please bring your passport and flight or visa information to prove that you are traveling to and from Australia together with your email confirmation. Wow. <laughs> Is it cheaper? Uh... Like, why would I, why would I do that? I think it's to, you know, I guess Australian laws, which we all know are a bit wonky. Yeah. Oh, the Australia mystery bag of swag is already sold out. Oh, what? There is a custom limited edition PAX Aus 2017 mystery bag of swag. Okay. But you don't need to worry about that because... It's already sold out. It's already sold out. Yeah. So, yeah. There's there's that. That's a thing. Anyway, E3. Yes, E3. Um, you also could buy three-day pass for that. Three-day pass uh, for E3. Can, can you still? Like, is that still open? Uh, let me check. Uh, e- tickets will go on sale at E3's official website. Expo Pass. Early bird is sold out. Well, yeah, because there was only a thousand of those. $250, you can get yourself a pass. Yeah, that 160 for packs is looking a lot better. Yep, 160 bucks, yeah, versus 250. Yeah. Of course, pricing out with hotels and planes, you know, slightly different. Yes, but if you're getting a stipend for the plane and the hotel. Yep. Yeah. So E3, uh, if you didn't realize it, you could actually buy tickets for it. And one of the things you can do now is called the E3 Coliseum. Uh, it's going to take place for the first two days of E3, the 13th and the 14th of June. Um, it's going to be... Uh, uh, hosted by Jeff Kiley, and it's going to uh, feature presentations from game developers meant to take E3 attendees behind the scenes of E3's biggest new announcements. So, so it's like all the, the E3 kind of exhibitors. Like, yeah, if you watched the live at E3 you know, web stream, I have a feeling it's going to be like that, but in panel form. 
There was, <laughs> this is the part that gets me. In addition to those sessions from members of the game industry, the East 3 Coliseum will hold panels with celebrated talent from the film, TV, music, and other entertainment industries. Those individuals will speak about the cultural significance of gaming and how this incredible medium has influenced their work. You know what that smells like? Extortion? I was going to say Comic-Con. Oh, there is that too. They're basically We're, the same thing though. I don't know. Comic-Con has kind of gone way beyond the comics. Yeah, and E3 is going to very quickly go beyond the video games. That's what I'm thinking with this one is, oh, yeah, no, we're going to bring people from film, TV, music, and other industries to talk about things. Yeah. Sure, for this time, next time, it's going to slowly morph into, hey, Comic-Con. Just, you know, instead of comics, it's going to be video games. Well, I mean, where did E3 come from, Andy? CES? Right. So this is just the natural evolution. It was an offshoot of CVS, and now it's just going to get absorbed by Comic-Con. All right, do we have one more video game topic? I think we Uh, do. Yes, this one actually can talk about Australia. Uh Uh-oh. Because Steam gifting rules are changing. Yes. So if I buy a game Uh, and I want to gift it to you, normally right now I would be able to, you know... Gift it, yeah, gift it to an email address or um, what you is can it? It's send email it to me in an email. You can send it to my inventory. Yeah. Now, though, it is a direct exchange from gift buyer to gift receiver, which means I have to be your friend. Yep. And I have to exchange it like I would cards or other inventory items, I think. Wait, so you have to be on Steam. How do you buy a gift for someone who is not on Steam? Um. What do you mean? Like they, if they well, have like a Steam right account? Now, right now, yes. if I buy a gift, I can send it to someone regardless of if they have Steam or not. Yes, because if they don't have Steam, they'll be saying, hey, this gift's through Steam. Download Steam now. But if I can only send it to Steam accounts, do I have to then say, hey, go make a Steam account so I can buy you a game? Huh. I don't know about that one. I was just, uh, okay, so you can purchase a game, you can purchase a gift months in advance. It'll be delivered to your friend on time every time. If the recipient declines the game or already has that game in their inventory, the game will be returned to steam and the buyer will automatically get a refund the biggest change is cross-country gifting if there's a substantial price difference between the country in which the game was purchased and the country of the recipient the game will not be available to be purchased as a gift that's where australia comes in because their games are priced differently way differently how different uh well there's got to be an example somewhere online Australian game prices comparison. Uh, local game uh, uh, consumers regularly pay between eighty to one hundred and ten dollars for new releases. That the average will be fifty to sixty in North America. So there, there's a uh, according to Gamespot about there's a markup. A, yeah, there's a there's a markup somewhere between there's thirty to sixty dollars. And now if. <laughs> The game, uh, what does it say? When there is a large difference in pricing between countries, gifting won't be available. And you'll know that so before you literally will purchase. not be able to gift it. Yeah. So that's why a lot of people in Australia are not happy is because the fact that, you know. Well, I mean, that said, they are, they're unhappy because they're buying it in like U.S. dollars and then sending it via gift yeah. to get it cheaper. Now, I don't know why it's more expensive. I don't know that that actually makes any sense. I can only imagine that there are more fees to pay. Because, like, there's no shipping cost. I don't have to physically move, like, an object from the U.S. to Australia when I, when I purchase a game here as opposed to purchasing a game there. Uh, trying to find that out right now. I'm looking up on 
Australian game prices. Yeah, related to marketing issues and the laws and regulations of local countries. That's not really helpful. But yes, no, it's. I feel bad for people down in Australia. Yep. Because Steam just closed a loophole for them. Sucks. Sorry, yep. guys. Uh, that's got all of our video game news. Where would you like to go next? Oh, dear. Um... Well, I was doing some investigation about internet privacy. Yes. Uh, in particular with, where did it go? It was one of these, uh, here we go, with SR49 in Wisconsin, Senate Bill 49, which is the the internet providing, etc. But they added an amendment to, oh, uh, where did it go? After, to insert information about the collection of information resulting from the use of Internet access services. And that a provider of Internet access service may not collect information about a customer's use of Internet access services. That results from the customer's use of those services unless the provider of the Internet access service receives express written approval from the customer. And then they later amended it to say, like, they also can't deny uh, service to someone who doesn't agree. So that's a that's a thing in Wisconsin. It's It's been added to the Senate bill and the Senate bill passed. And then it went to the Assembly and the Assembly bill that passed is not the same and is missing that little piece. So they'll have to duke it out and figure out which one passes hopefully it's, uh, it's taken care of here but that's one part that's here and that's okay. still in the like it might happen it might not happen in seattle it happened in seattle really? they they said like you know what screw it state's not doing it the country's not doing it so the mayor said this is what we're doing the mayor of seattle implemented a rule requiring that cable companies obtain consent nice so you know that's pretty awesome Hmm. Granted, that's just Seattle, so we'll have to see if they actually, you know, roll it out farther or not. Right. It is literally just the city of Seattle. Well, speaking of Internet. Yes. uh, We talked about this where SpaceX was planning on doing uh, broadband Internet for basically the world via satellite. Yeah. But there wasn't really much of a timeline for it. Um, I've, I've heard of like three companies now saying, hey, we want to do this. Well, SpaceX has now said that they plan to start launching satellites into orbit in 2019. That's really soon. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to start launching in 2019 to provide high-speed internet via satellite. Um, they're going to start testing the satellites themselves, launching one prototype at the end of the year and another during the early months of 2018. Start launching them in mass in 2019, and they'll finish by 2024. So five years to put up enough satellites to provide internet access from anywhere. Yep. 4,425 satellites. That's a lot of satellites. That is a lot of satellites. 4,000 satellites? Mm-hmm. In the period in of... Five years. Five years. So let's call it six years. Let's say they start in January of 2019 and end in December of 2026, or 2024? 2024, yes. So call it six years, it's 72 months, and they want 4,425 satellites. They're looking at launching 62 satellites a month. 62, that's, there's got to be a way of putting more than one on a thing or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they might be really small, and you just, like, load five or ten at a time, I mean, you'd have to load. There's no way they're going to support more than one launch a week. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be lucky to get like two launches a month. Oh, there's got to be a SpaceX launch calendar. Launch SpaceX launch schedule. Let's see if this uh, launch schedule spaceflightnow.com. dot <laughs> uh, 
French Guiana's May 4th, India May 5th, Falcon 9 on May 15th. Let's see, Kazakhstan, Japan, Falcon 9 on June 1st right now. So it looks like right now they've got one launch every two weeks. What, that's what it looks like. And yeah, the next Falcon 9's mid-June. So right now they've got it down to one launch every two weeks. Yep. So that's 30 satellites per launch. <laughs> that's a... I don't know about that, but... I don't know. <laughs> it could be interesting. Granted, every time now people talk about, you know, like satellites and all that other fun stuff, they're an internet for everybody and all that stuff. I'm sitting there thinking of the uh, plot of Kingsman with the bad what guy. What was the plot know? of Kingsman? Oh, bad guy gives everybody internets, but then it actually makes them everybody go crazy from the RF frequencies or something like that. Oh, See, I was just thinking of like, you know, the real world where they provide Internet, but that means that they're not providing Internet like you are the, the product in that case. Yeah. Which means they're just selling all the data about you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that might be a thing. So, so this is uh, a topic that that um, when you posted it and I saw that you posted it, my mind, of course, was like, I'm going to latch onto that word because you said where automation is going and I've spent the last, like, two days, I've probably put in a good 12 hours, maybe more, probably more, about automating things. Yes. Because of, you know, Factorio. Yes. So this, I, like, I'm, I got really interested, and then I opened the link, and I'm like, oh, that's that's just about, like, real-world automation. Yes, none of your that's fake not, automation. That's not a fun topic. Sorry. Tell me about, like, belt throughput and, and modules and power supplies. No, this one's basically about where areas of high concentrations of jobs in food preparation, office or administrative support, and or sales are going to be the most affected by uh, job loss due to automation. Sales would be an indirect loss, right? I think so. They're not expecting sales to be automated. Well, I think they're talking about like uh, telemarketers, insurance underwriters and appraisers, tax preparers and some of those. Okay, because when I think of sales, I think of like our sales team. And like, I'm pretty sure their job is going to be one of the last ones to get automated. I'm trying to read the actual 2013 report that this study was based off of, but... Yeah. At 72 pages. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. See, here's the problem I have with these reports. And Marketplace just did an entire, like, week-long series based on this same situation. Okay. It's almost certainly entirely incorrect. What do you mean? Which is to say it, it's going to underplay the levels of automation. So they're like, oh, we expect this much will be automated by this time. Well, yes. And, and the things that you're thinking can be automated almost certainly will be automated. Like... Fast food restaurants, right? Food service industry. Yeah. Tons of that is going to get automated much faster than we think. Um, transportation, right? As we're moving in with these, these um, the automated vehicles and the trucks, and if we can start getting robot drivers on the road, then that's going to change lots very quickly. But every one of these studies that I've looked at, every one of these studies that I've read through, and I haven't, I, I will admit, I have not read the 72 pages, but I've talked about this. I've looked into this. I've talked with other people who have looked into this. Most of them are based on the current state of technology. They fail to take in the concept of technology growth and the speed of adoption. 
Are you saying that these numbers are going to increase? Absolutely. Andy, a year ago, a year ago, if you asked people how far away are we from an AI beating a human at Go? Oh, people would have been like, we're, you know. People were saying it's at least 10 to 15 years away. Yeah, that's that's the go-to answer is, you know, if you don't know the answer, just say it's 10 years away. Right. Well, AlphaGo is out there and is beating the snot out of anyone. Yeah. Well, I love how they're talking. I'm looking at this marketplace feature that you that you talked about. And they're saying that, you know, a tree pruning specialist, you know, won't be able to be, you know, replaced by a machine. And then I'm thinking about an article I posted on last week's topic, which was uh, the, where's it at? Fruit picking robots. Yeah. Don't tell me you can't automate a tree pruner. Bullshit. Yeah, the, there a couple of companies are working on getting automated, you know, fruit pickers that don't get tired and can work 24 hours a day. Yep. So, And you know what? The more specialized the task, the easier it probably is to automate in the long run. So that's, that's the issue I take with these reports is that they all downplay the level of automation that's coming and the, the potential catastrophic impact that's going to have on the economy. Oh, good. Massage therapist is only 9.49% automatable. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sitting there thinking, like, I see those chairs at the mall all the time. I mean, those are not massage therapists, let's be honest. But, <laughs> you know, it's probably not too far off. Yeah. 100% automatable motion picture projectionist. I actually uh, know a guy who does that from his home. He's actually just got a workstation where he can remote into huge number of projection booths and actually check on, you know, the... The uh, the bulb and you know what's plain. Yep. Yeah, it's all those things. But yeah, no, this one was talking about how you know it's not manufacturing jobs that are the problems. It's all these you know low wage jobs that you know have problems. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking like, yeah, no, it's I'd have no problem ordering McDonald's from a vending machine. That wouldn't be bad right. at all. In fact, it'll probably be more accurate. Yep. Times where I order the food and I look at, well, I order Kate's food. That's where the real thing lies. Because it's, it's so simple. They just figure out, they try and make it more complicated than it needs to be. What is Kate's? Kate normally gets a double hamburger plane. Okay. Which, which is literally two, two patties on a and a bun. Yeah, two patties on a bun. It's the simplest thing. And it's just like, sometimes they just don't get it. <laughs> sometimes you look they at it like, like it's a double cheeseburger plane. It's like, no, that's going to have cheese on it. That's not what I ordered. Yeah. It's hilarious, though, to hear that the... the workers kind of like you know rip on the actual food preparer and it's like dude really you couldn't actually make the simplest sandwich <laughs> it's the possible? easiest thing on the it's the second easiest thing on the menu and you couldn't get it right really dude what's wrong with you that sort of stuff that's always funny to hear oh i feel bad for that person then well i th- think it's all in good fun i guess i don't know i hope so hope yeah me too uh what other news do we got here um Nike tried to science the hell, or to paraphrase, yeah, to paraphrase the Martian, they tried to science the the shit out of breaking a two-hour marathon, and they came close. They finished the marathon in two hours and 25 seconds. Oh, that's sucky. Yeah, no. How did they, they science a marathon? Um, well, they looked like, at you, you run. Yeah, you run, but they were looking at different types of like, do you run? Do you try and run a negative split where you start out slow and you try and you know speed up the pace, or do you do a positive split where you start out fast and then as you know as you get tired you slow down? Like they tried to look at the ideal temperature to run a marathon at, like temperature, humidity, elevation, that sort of stuff there. Um, they, uh, tested different types of carbohydrate blends to give the people, like they tried to basically create their own version of Gatorade for this. They did new shoes 
for the people. Yep. Uh, they got uh, pace cars. They actually had uh, what they called the shield runners, which was a blockading diamond of six pacers to shield the runner from the wind. So really just kind of like trying to fuck the, the system. They they tried to literally like, yeah, <laughs> they, 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 they were trying to create ideal conditions. Yes. So, so the, the question being asked is, can a human being under ideal conditions run a less than two hour marathon yes and they got within 25 seconds of it they got it in 25 seconds of it they took the guy who uh currently uh he won the london marathon at like two two uh the current uh, um 203 something like that and they got the world record holder for the uh the half marathon and I think they got some guy who won the Boston Marathon twice. So they got some like, you know, expert runners, expert runners. They, you know, did all, they did as much stuff as they could. Two of the guys completely basically dropped out after uh, out of contention within a half hour and halfway through with the other two guys. The guy who won the London, though, stuck with it. And he's the one who passed the finish line at two hours and 25 seconds. Now, this is not a world record. The world record is still standing at two, uh, two hours, two minutes and 57 seconds. Because of all the stuff that they did that is against the rules. What, the world what part records. of it was against the rules? Um, everybody who runs the race must start at the same time. So the blockading pacers, they mm-hmm. used uh, six, uh, yeah, uh, 30 pacers were split into teams of three runners. So they were all, you know, like they would run and then they would stop and wait. And then um, people on bikes would bike alongside of them to give them the carbohydrate fuel stuff that's also against the rules okay so it was it yeah nike said like look you know we're not going for an official world record we're just want to see if it's freaking possible yeah so yeah no they uh 25 seconds outside of two hours is what they got so they well, did actually run it in two hours but they have not been able to break a sub two hour time yep but nike said them. they're going to try again at some point of course they will so yeah. why did the people drop out because the the pace they just couldn't keep up the pace Oh, they couldn't do it. Okay. Well, you they said had, like they, they dropped out of contention. I'm like, the, did they like take moral issue against it and say like, no, this no, isn't they, running a marathon. They, they were running slow. Okay. So they, you know, they like, had a, nope, they had a pace car it. and these like blocking guys up there running at the very specified pace of what they needed to be. And so the other guys, you know, they couldn't keep up. They kind of just, you know. Yep. But I love it. Like they actually like started it at uh 5 a.m. in Italy because the, <laughs> The temperature and the course had no sharp turns because it was an F1 course. So it was all nice, you know, gradual, gradual turns and all that other fun stuff. Consistent, um, consistent asphalt. So, you know, the, the, there was no change in, there's no really no change in elevation because it was pretty much flat. And, you know, there was consistent, you know, footing underneath, no sharp turns. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, they, it looked like he was doing it for the first half and then it just, he just slowly started to fade. Yeah. 25 seconds out of, yeah. So close. Yep. There's a one uh, kinesiologist who uh, did a study on this, and he thinks that the the literally like the limit for human capabilities for a marathon under, you know, theoretical perfect conditions is still only like one one hour, like 57 minutes or something like that. So people think like that, you know, okay, we break two hours, but like, you know, humans cannot physically you're, you're not going to go much further than that yeah i just realized what this is this is a this is a literal speed run yes and this was a tool assisted speed run yeah you are correct this was a completely tool assisted speed run 
That's all right. I've I've got this now. I put it back into terms that I'm I'm familiar with and that I understand. They ran a TAS run and managed to to cut down a lot of the time. It doesn't count for the the normal hundred percent run because it's tool assisted. Yep. Cool. Uh, they they should probably like take a a page out of the speedrunning community then and have a tool assisted category. Well, there are there are certain categories for that. It's not like the official world record categories because there's also has to be certain things. It's like the um the Boston Marathon. You can you can actually uh, that Boston Marathon will never count for a world record in marathon okay. running. Because, because it's a point-to-point race, and it is not a kind of loop. a loop. So it's things like that, where it's like, yes, no, there already are certain records that are set, but not officially classified as the standard in there. So, yeah, so it's a tool-assisted speedrun. Good good for them. Task runs are fun. <laughs> yeah, no, they were streaming the hell out of this, which, you know, Nike probably is like, hey, this is like a two-hour commercial for us. Yeah. So I'm sure yeah, no. everyone was wearing stuff that said Nike on it. Oh, of course. Of course. And they, you know, all the guys had the special brand new Nike shoes specifically designed for this event, which, yeah. you know, is now going to be on sale. Yeah. You too can purchase the shoes that let someone run a marathon in two hours and 25 seconds. Yep. They should call them the 225s. Uh, well, I think they're calling it like the, I forgot exactly what they're calling them, but they're saying it's the version is it's, um, you get a 4% increase in your speed or stamina or something like that from the way they're designed and how much they weigh and that sort of thing. I call bullshit. I don't know. I feel like I, granted there is a lot of weird stuff with the sports there, but I don't know if I feel like Nike says that, you know, these shoes are 4% better in this aspect. I feel like I kind of have to believe them. Uh, they're calling them the Vapor Flight Elite. Okay. Uh, oh, they had a writer at Wired actually took a trial run in the sneakers. So, hmm. so I, I'll read that one later. Um, what else we got here? We don't, don't have much time left. Anything you want to uh, quickly hit? Quickly hit. I think we got, oh, uh, HoloLens is, is doing stuff in hospitals now. Oh, that would make sense. <laughs> that. Yeah. So they're doing augmented reality of like overlaying images on the patient. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what augmented reality is perfect for is yeah. repair. And that's kind of what surgery is. Yeah, no. Oh, working with 3D positioning technology. Oh, my gosh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So like you go in, you have the, the procedure and they can, you know, the, the, the provider can actually see essentially inside you because the system knows where everything is or at least where it's yeah. supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Using a visual overlay technology, will also cut down on the radiation exposure that comes with current spine envisioning method of fluoroscopy. Yeah. 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 No, that's uh, yeah, that's literally continuous x-rays. Now, if Microsoft like decides to can this, this other company is fucked. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. Because <laughs> like they are basing they are it off of this platform. HoloLens. But geez, that that's pretty cool. I imagine oh, yeah. um, auto mechanics would love this. I imagine oh, yeah. surgeons are going to go nuts with this. Airplane um, mechanics, airplane mechanics. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Pretty much anything where you can't immediately see inside. So, like electricians, right? If if my house, if I had all the data of all the wires running in my house and where they were, then Hololens could actually project that for for an electrician when they're working on adding new stuff. Yeah, if you if you take you know, um, yeah, no, just take the blueprints and you could upload them into some sort of 3D software, and then you know it figures out where you're at. Yep. In fact, I know that the construction at, at work is doing that. Like they know what is behind every wall, and they have a 3D model of it, constructed not from the blueprints but from real data as they're building the buildings. Very nice. So yeah, that's just kind of cool. 
Uh, there's a phishing scam going around. Be careful when yeah. opening Google Docs. Well, now it's been basically pretty. Google went after this one and went after this one hard. I like bet. when uh, it started showing up at work first, and then you know it started showing up in my personal email, which is when I notified everybody in our Hangouts about it. And by that point, Google had removed the uh, authorization for this thing. So even if you did click the link, it just came to a, a 404 page. Or is it 401? It was some error message that said, like, you know, this isn't working anymore. Okay. So did you see the, the like, HTML code shortcuts, the response header shortcuts? No. 200 means things are okay. I, like, anything in the 200s, things are okay. Anything in the 300s is basically go somewhere else. Uh, anything in the 400s is you fucked up. Anything in the 500s is I fucked up. No, oh, I knew there were error codes. I just didn't know they were classified like that. That makes sense, though. Yep. Well, they're not error codes. They're response codes. Yeah. Because, like, the response code 200 is everything's fine. Page is loaded. Gotcha. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, we should probably hit the randoms now. Sure. Random review, Dave. It is your week. I would like to review a piece of kitchen equipment. I was really tempted to review the next version of Factorio, but I think I'm going to wait for release to review that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a piece of kitchen equipment. This was given to us as a, a wedding gift. It was actually the first wedding gift we got. And it is the Cuisinart ice cream maker. Cuisinart ice cream maker. Yes. The the Ice 21, I think, is the model. Yes. Yes. The 1.5 quart frozen yogurt ice cream maker. Yes. With extra bowl. Well, that would be good because then you can't make ice cream without the bowl. Well, it, it comes with a bowl. Yeah. This one came with two. Oh, well, that's nice. So I grew up we, with, it, we had an ice cream maker. I won't say I grew up with an ice cream maker. We had an ice cream maker and pulled it out like once. Uh, and I remember making ice cream in it. You, you put ingredients in a bowl and then you put the bowl in and then you surrounded it with ice and salt. Hey, like, why yeah. are we surrounding this with salt? I don't get that. What that? Because I didn't understand it. You know, it lowered the, the melting point, et cetera, et cetera. So you could have colder water so that it would conduct the heat away from the ice cream yeah. or from the liquid that was about to become ice cream. Yes. Uh, Cuisinart has, has made changes to the, the paradigm. And so they have two options. One, you can buy an electric ice cream maker that has its own compressor. So it, it cools itself, essentially. And those run over $100. Or you can get this model where the bowl has, you know, the, the freezer packs that you buy? Yeah. That are liquid? Yes. Until you put them in the freezer and then they freeze, but they're not ice. They get way colder than ice. Yeah, yeah. There's essentially that liquid inside the lining of the bowl so that when you put the bowl in the freezer, it gets super cold. And then when you take it out, it stays super cold because it's essentially got an ice pack on the inside. Mm -hmm. So then you take that and you take your ice cream ingredients, which can be as simple as heavy cream, whole milk, sugar, plus X, where X is whatever kind of ice cream you're trying to make. And you throw them all in there and you turn it on, and 25 minutes later, you have soft-serve ice cream. Nice. And if you don't want soft-serve, if you prefer your ice cream a little more firm, you take it out of the bowl, you put it in a container, and put it in the freezer for a couple hours. So you could make yourself, like, fresh strawberry ice cream. I did that, actually, just uh, two weeks ago. I went a little overboard on the strawberries. <laughs> okay. Because I, well, so I didn't use any strawberry flavoring. I actually went and just got like a, a package of strawberries, you know, like the, the quart size thing of strawberries 
or pint size. I don't know, whatever it is. It's the, the long rectangular plastic boxes. Okay. So I took that. Um, and then for strawberry ice cream, you do a vanilla ice cream base. Yeah. But you mash strawberries, not just chop them up. I mean, like you mash them into a puree. Yeah. And then you mix that in and then you drop that whole thing in the ice cream maker. And then you can also, and this is where I went a little overboard, is you can chop up some strawberries and later in the process add those in as well. Uh, it was friggin' delicious. It was, it was really good. But too many strawberries of too big chunk because the strawberries themselves freeze. Yeah. And so you like bite down on the ice cream and then there's like a hard thing in there of a, a strawberry. frozen strawberry. <laughs> yeah. You, you are eating a frozen strawberry in the middle of the ice cream. So... Next time, I, I will remember to chop the strawberries a little smaller and maybe not go so overboard. Now, uh, the question so I have also yeah. is, does this handle making frozen Cokes? Making frozen what? Making frozen Cokes. I like an icy, a frozen, a, like a Coke icy. I haven't icy. tried it. I doubt it would work. I don't know. But I have a Coke in the fridge... And I have both freezer bowls in the freezer. I could try that and find out. I might see if I can make myself a slushy. Uh, for summary, okay, so I'm looking at it. Coke slurp geese, four cans of 40 or 48 ounces of regular Coke, ice cream maker, pour the, co the cold Coke into the frozen bowl of the ice cream maker and allow it to process for 20 minutes. Huh. I might try and make a frozen Coke. I hadn't considered doing that. It's the same principle. Yeah, no, it's just you... <laughs> takes the coke and you bring it below freezing yeah but you you keep agitating it so that it can't really like freeze yeah huh that's an expensive icy though right like four cans of coke yeah is how much well that's for 48 ounces of frozen coke uh, that's true so it's not like you know the liquid is the liquid technically is actually expanding because you know water expands freezing. when it freezes yeah. okay I'll, I'll see what i can i'll see i might try it so the, the, the cool thing is, like, as long as you have a bowl in the freezer, you can have ice cream in a half an hour. Yes. The downside is if you don't have a bowl in the freezer and you say, like, you know what? I want to make ice cream. I guess I'll make it in two days. So I so what would be great, though, is if, you know, you have a giant stand up freezer in the basement that has room for a bowl. Yeah. Then you could just drop a bowl in. Yeah. And with two bowls, you can always just cycle it. Yes. So as you make one, you put the other bowl back in the freezer. Yep. Um, I have now made dark chocolate ice cream, which we went overboard and made it a little too dark, but it was still pretty tasty. Uh, I made strawberry ice cream, as I just said. I've made birthday cake ice cream. Andy, I made gluten free birthday cake ice cream. <laughs> Because you be, just use a gluten-free yeah. birthday cake mix. And I made um, cookies and cream. I had cookies and cream for the first time in 12 years. Nice. It was magnificent. And then someone had the bright idea of making a cookies and cream root beer float, which I, I know when you hear about it, sounds disgusting. Try it. Well, I'll have to get this machine first. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, go get some cookies and cream ice cream. Also true, yeah. And some root beer. Well, we have... Uh, Neither think, of which are uncommon. No, especially since we've got, I think... Six bottles of Spreckers left downstairs in the basement. Nice. We well, Costco doesn't sell supply. the other stuff now. Costco sells cases of Spreckers. So. Yes, we, we have a constant supply of Spreckers root beer from Costco. All right, so Cuisinart 1.5. So you said you got it with two bowls? Where'd you yep. get it for two bowls at? Well, I, I don't know because it was a gift. Oh. But it was sold as a set of like, here's the ice cream maker and two bowls. Okay. Because I'm looking I at my Amazon link. It just has one. I it looks think like. it was it was given from Bed Bath & Beyond. Gotcha. Might have been from William Sonoma. All right. Actually, I think it was William Sonoma. Gotcha. All right. So it's amazing. I'm very happy. Uh, I've, I've used it several times. I'm probably going to continue to use it. The downside is you have a lot of ice cream. <laughs> 
<laughs> is, which, is, which, is that really is that it, bad? It it can be. All right. All right. Random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Who can type faster? <sighs> Typingtest.com. Well, there's three things that I can see about this. Yeah. Uh, one, anybody can type faster. Yeah. Especially I mean, with just, just like, the left hand. It's, it's who can spam keys, right? Well, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the actual word faster. Oh, you want to know who can, who can, like, can someone type faster? Yes. The word faster? Yes, you can actually type the word faster with just your left hand. You can. Yes. There's a, do you know that there's one state you can type entirely with your left hand? Texas. Correct. I feel kind of proud for that one. I just looked at the keyboard and I'm like, hmm, yep. Well, knowing that there's only one helps. Well, if you could say, like, what state or what states or something like that. I'm just looking to go down the list right. going, like, okay. Well, because with what state or what states, you have to, it, it's probably faster just to be like Alabama, no, Alaska, no, is no. Arc it, nope. Right, and just go through the fifty states. Well, there's a yeah, there's a lot of letters you can just throw out right away. Which is going through the list, going nope, 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 nope. But I just glanced at it and going like, well, Texas is there, and I don't think you know most of those letters are not used in states, so that feels like that's the only option. Yep. So yeah, so there's that one. Is anybody can type it because everybody can type the word faster. So there's that rule. Uh, who can type faster? We could all just start mashing keys, which you know I feel like I, all I you think have the to do actual is just, question though is who's typing speed typing actual words is is higher okay so there is a website typingtest.com all right okay so Shall we? typingtest.com all right what test are we doing uh i figure just the one minute okay do you want which of these things do you want asap baseball i don't care let's go with space cowboys space cowboys all right one minute test space cowboys i have a mechanical keyboard this is going to sound great <laughs> <laughs> uh, technically, we don't need to begin at the same time because the thing will tell us what we have. So, True. ready? Yep. All right, get going. All right. So many spelling errors. completed ouch all right what you are do? you <laughs> i did 39 words per minute typing speed 77 words per minute error is four adjusted speed 73 words per minute 39 adjusted speed 39 words per minute oh i think i have the faster typing speed yeah god it's it's been so long since i've you know i gotta get what was that uh, the, the typing yeah, typing house of the dead there it is Typing yep. of the Dead. Oh, I gotta try that one again. Typing of the Dead. That's a hard game. Well, you can it's start out easy. Yep. Oh, man, yeah, it's no, my typing. It's a fun game to watch, uh, surprisingly. It's a fun game to watch the speedrun. Oh, jeez. Because it's, it's just one of those games where, like, 
They abuse every part of the game. They know exactly like which path to take, that sort of thing. Which path to take, when to attack, when to let yourself get hit, where the um, the random number number stuff is. Huh. Wow, 70... God, I need to work on my typing skills. Yep. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> what did we learn? Andy can't type. Andy can't type. No, nope. at least not yeah, yet. I had slightly faster, but I had three misspelled words in there, and so it's just like, oh, shit. I didn't yep. even notice I had misspelled those. <sighs> I feel pretty comfortable with my, my 70-some words per minute. Yeah, no, I... Uh... Yeah, nope, I, yeah, not gonna argue that one at all. That's, uh... Alright, that, nope. I think, is, is our first definitive answer to a random topic. Yes. That's, uh, uh, that's it. Yep, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at... RA Podcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>